Holly G with the Golf Insiders. He went back to back. A late birdie spree gave Victor Hovland a duplicate victory at the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba on Sunday. That is a mouthful, but uh, to break it down for us, always a pleasure to have Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hello. How are you doing? Great. Well, um, he shot a 9 under 62, Bob, uh, to go back-to-back as the defending champion uh, in Mexico. Pretty uh, pretty definitive win. Yeah, sure was. It's not that easy to defend either. Um, not too, other than a guy named Tiger, not too many players defend very often. You know, I... I think we've all seen that there's going to be some pretty good stuff coming from Hovland. And, you know, I, I think this gives him a nice little boost heading into 2022. And I think we're going to see him up there quite a bit going forward. Yeah. And, um, you know, Justin Thomas was in the mix. Matthew Wolf started the weekend with a two shot lead. And he made a couple bogeys early on. Scotty Scheffler had a good start. So, you know, had uh, some of his pals from, uh, you know, from the Ryder Cup there uh, on his heels, but, um, you know, really seemed to be in control. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it was a pretty good field. Uh, having Justin Thomas pushing you on the last day is, um, you know, something that he can take also. I mean, JT had a nice tournament, um, you know, uh, kind of on the heels of, um you know, saying that he thought that this was like a disappointing year for him, even though he won the Players' Championship. So he was motivated, and Scheffler's motivated to get the first win. Um, so, obviously, again, it's not that easy to, to, to win at the same place. So it was, a, it was a very good win for him. He shot the scores. You know, he couldn't just hang on. He had to go low. And that's exactly what he did, and and uh, did it with his backup driver, which is probably even uh, – actually, I think he borrowed a driver is what it was. Yeah. He, is, uh, he, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think he, he could replace it because, obviously, due to COVID, it's not like they've got the equipment trailers out there. Yeah, you know, and you're in Mexico, and, and there's all sorts of stuff there you got to worry about. And, you know, it's not – logistics aren't that easy. I believe he borrowed somebody's driver, which was – which was a half inch shorter and, you know, wins, goes out and wins. Gotta you, know, love it. you gotta love that. You're right. I mean, I think it's pretty impressive that he was able to, to, um, get her done. You know, guys panic when stuff like that happens, you know, but, but he didn't. And I made the best, he made the most of it. What happened to it? He, did he crack it or? I wish I could remember who it was, but they were fooling around on the driving range and somebody else was trying it trying out his driver and it was Kevin Nah. In any case, um, you know, it was an accident and and now he's scrambling to find another club and 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 he did but it wasn't his, you know, and he, he, he goes with a with with a club that isn't exactly the same length and I you know, I saw where he talked about, you know, getting in the mindset of get, making sure he got the ball in play and with a little bit of a shorter club. That was what he wanted to do, and it and it worked out for him. It was a smart, it was a smart move on his on, on his part to do it that way. 
Absolutely, and it sure shows uh, he's got game because, as we all know, you know, a shaft feels different, the head looks different, even for these, well, even more so for these guys, right? Um, you know, they've, they've just got it so dialed in. Um, you mentioned JT. Uh, he recently uh, made some comments about Tiger and his health right. on a recent podcast. He, he seems to uh, spend quite a bit checking in on Tiger lately. Yeah, from what, what I gathered about that, that was on the no leg up one, and I think he says he's... He goes and he visits them two, you know, twice a week. Sounds like, uh, and it and it also sounds like you know he he was kind of cautiously um, cautiously uh, uh, positive about you know Tiger trying to do everything he can to to try to come back. You know, and I think the words he used were, he's going to at least give it a try. Now, you could read that a lot of ways, like maybe that doesn't sound too promising, but on the other hand, you could read it as, you know, he's uh, he doesn't feel like there's a reason. You know, there, there's nothing telling him right now that he's, oh, there's no chance. Right. So, you know, I think you could take some of the positives out of that and, uh um, I'm sure the ones who really, really want to see him come back will. I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he, like you know, many uh, would say, Tigers. You don't want to bet. You don't want to bet against Tiger. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> right. We know how we know how determined he is. Um, well, there's been a bunch of news stories earlier in the week. Uh, one uh, is a recent announcement about. This new Super League uh, hiring Slugger White, a longtime PG Tour official, excuse me, who retired earlier this year, uh, going to be in an executive role with Greg Norman's new company. Fill us in. Yeah, I mean, he's basically going to be the director of rules and competition, it sounds like. And, um, you know, look, I don't think Slugger's coming out of retirement at age 71 to be doing that on the Asian tour where they, you know, they announce they're going to give a lot of money to prop up events. I mean, that's just another signal that they're, that they're serious about about launching, you know, this, this league. Big time. Um, and, um, you know, they the, the week before they had announced a couple of other key executives who – who aren't necessarily that well-known maybe to golf fans, but are very well-known in the business. And so now they've, you know, and as part of the Slugger announcement, they also announced a, um, a, a chief um, media officer, a guy who used to work at ESPN, um, also worked for WWE, and I believe he worked for Endeavor. You know, so they're, they're bringing on some people with a lot of um, – you know, I, firepower. You know, guys who've been been around. Chops, uh, chops, as we like yeah, to say. Yeah, exactly. You know, they've <clears throat> they've got experience in the industry, and so, um, you know, I think like what we've talked about a couple of times about this whole thing is you know, is it going to work? I don't know. I mean, it, it's 
you know, I still, until you get the players signed on the bottom line and get them out there, we're always going to wonder. But they're putting a team in place that is probably, I'm guessing, one of their ways of trying to show the players, hey, look, we're serious. You know, we're, we, we're, we're not just doing this, you know, we're not just throwing this together. And, you know, knowing how they're funded, they don't have to be perfect in year one, whatever that is. Right. next year, the year after. Well, they don't have to have all, all of the top 40 or 50 guys, whatever they're going to have. You know, you don't even need half of them. If you get a handful of them and, they, and you create curiosity, um, then you can build on it in year two. And, you know, they've, they've, they've got the resources to, to kind of build that way. And, uh you know, it's kind of funny when you think back on other upstart rival leagues and other sports. Um, you know, it's hard. You and know, not I many mean, of you, them have been successful. I mean, way, way back in the day, the AFL, you know, was successful enough to force a merger with the NFL. And that's what we have, basically, we have today. But there was a couple of upstart spring leagues, and, you know, the thing that they didn't have was patience. They didn't have the time and the resources to wait it out. Or the pocketbook. Yeah, you know, the USFL actually, um, you know, from what I've read and barely can remember is, you know, they – they had a little bit of a foothold. They had a following. They played in the spring, you know, and then they got they got greedy and they tried to go to the fall, and that was never going to work going up against the NFL. Right. Um, and if they would have stayed the course and been patient, you know, they, they, they might have had something there, you know, and I think that's kind of what we're looking at with this. Are, are they going to have the patience? You know, I mean, they, they might endure some ridicule in the early days if they – they don't get enough top name players or whatever, you know, fifty four whole events with no no cut. <clears throat> but, you know, you're talking about a lot of money and um, there's there's a lot of potential for um, for them to be, you know, for them to be disruptive. And and bringing on a guy like Slugger who I mean he was a basically a rules official or, you know, employee of the tour for forty years. <laughs> you know, and yeah. And, and they coaxed him over there, you know, I, I think that says something. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. It's very, it's very intriguing how it's, how it's come together here in the last few weeks, and, and yet we still have a lot that we need to hear. A lot of chess moves going on, that's for yep. sure. Uh, the other news, although, you know, it um, really, I guess they came to the agreement last year, uh, was that uh, you know the European Tour, which announced a strategic alliance with the PGA Tour, is changing its name. It will no longer be the European Tour, now being rebranded as the DP World Tour. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I think um, you know to to have it to, to be called by the title sponsor's name. Um, I guess it just it's it's sort of the world we live in today, you know. Um, uh, it's um, you know, are we going to be having a title sponsor on the MLB one day, or you know, I guess it's possible. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is, is what's a little bit interesting is 
if you're going to have a title sponsor in your name, this is probably the best one to have because because they are building themselves as a world tour. Right. But the title sponsor's name is actually DP World. So oh. it's kind of funny to me that it's DP World Tour, where a lot of people will think it's just the, a world tour and DP is sponsoring it. Right. You know, so it's it's actually DP World is the company. And they're based out of Dubai. Right. And, you know, look, for the last several years, they've had their whole season-ending thing. Well, the, this week and next week, are they have a tournament this week also, and next week is the season-ending you know, DP World Tour Championship, which yes. is the, you know, their their tour championship. and The race to Dubai, which is their yeah, FedEx Cup. Exactly. You know, so they've, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've completely, you know, um, you know, kind of revamped their season around Dubai and this sponsor. So I guess in a way it's inevitable. And look, you know, the, the bottom line is they're going to elevate a bunch of their events. They've given themselves some stability. They suffered really badly in the pandemic. I mean, you know, they were playing million-dollar tournaments. You know, I yeah. mean, it's it was a struggle to stay afloat. And they don't have the same sponsorship structure as the PGA Tour. And so, you know, I... I Look, and, and, and both them and the PGA Tour are about they're, – they're more than just the big names. They're about the, uh, you know, the ability to, to offer opportunities for their players. And so both these tours have like, you know, 40-some-odd events around the world. And so now that's, you know, guaranteed to stick around, and, and their minimum purses are going to be $2 million dollars which is far, far below what's going on on the PGA Tour, but it's still, you know, it's still a, a huge, a, 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 a huge nice boost. jump. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're doubling the total prize money to more than $200 million in 2022. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they um, there's a big step, and it's going to solidify some of their events. It's going to be interesting to see going forward how this alliance with the PGA Tour manifests itself into bigger, you know, in, into co-sanctioning more tournaments, um, you know. So, um, but, you know, I think, I, you know, I, I saw some people say, and I was asked, you know, if this is in, in response to the, you know, to the rival leagues that are out there, the Greg Norman League or the PGL. And I said, no, this has been in the works. Yes. You know, the timing is 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 makes it seem that way, but that's not really the case. I mean, regardless of what else is going on out there, they needed to solidify themselves. And and this isn't this isn't gonna keep anybody who really, really wants to do the other thing. It's not gonna keep them from doing it. You know, the other thing is offering a lot of guaranteed money and all and all the things we've talked about. But this gives, you know, a, a membership uh, you know, a boost. It gives them confidence that that tour is going to be around. Yeah, well, Rory McIlroy was quoted as saying this was, quote, great news for global golf. And um, certainly given the, the challenges, uh, the, you know, the European tour was shut down, what, almost three months uh, last year. So, you know, yeah, they, I'm sure, too, just putting this deal together, you know, took some time in logistics and, 
Uh, this seems to be the time of year when we do get this kind of news, Bob, as we, uh, you know, take a breath, <laughs> a brief breath before we turn the page to January 1. And speaking of that, um, it was announced that green reading books are out, Bob, um, beginning January 1st. What's uh, the latest on the PGA Tours Player Advisory Council's ruling? Well, they're not out completely. There, there's just going to be a, a form or a model that they have to stick to. And I'll be honest with you, it's very confusing to me what's allowed and what isn't and how you would even police it if you wanted to. Like, they're not going to be allowed to have the same types of information in those books that they've had before. They're not going to be able to copy old notes into the, into the books. Right. Um, you know, there's stuff like that, which is, I don't know what I, how I, how I feel about that exactly because, because, okay, so now you're saying you, you can't have this, but you can have this. Who's going to check it? Not that anybody would, I don't think anybody would, you know, really try to get away with something, but it just seems like the whole idea behind getting rid of them or, or limiting them was to bring back, you know, kind of the skill of reading greens and, and also cut down on for, for pace of play purposes. And, and you really haven't done that, I don't think, if you still allow them to this degree. And I'm not saying they shouldn't allow them. I, I mean, I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a skill to – Figuring this out and putting the notes in the book, too. You know, yes. figuring out how to read the green, you know. So um, I, I just, I, I I was a little bit surprised that this is what came of it. Well, they, they said that, um, that, you know, use of technology to reveal the secrets behind the smallest slope will be uh, eliminated. Uh, and that a player or caddy can add notes, but these notes will be limited to information garnered from, quote, firsthand observations and experiences. But yet, I think I saw somewhere where they're allowed to watch, you know, uh, tournaments on TV. <laughs> so Right. I mean, so, like, how do you know... I mean, like, do you have to show up with that book and you can't have any notes in it before the practice round? On Tuesday, or you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, and I'm no, I don't think anybody's going to be checking, um, but it's still to me, just I don't know, I just they kind of confused the issue, and um, it, uh, it, uh, I, I'm not sure if that's going to create the desired effect. It'll be interesting to see what they say. Um, you know, there's a lot of different feelings about this. I mean. You know, Phil was a guy who thought that, you know, green reading books should be allowed. He, he says, he always says, I start looking at the book when I'm walking up to the green. Right. And so in his mind, it saves him time. I think where the negativity stemmed from was a couple of years ago with Bryson, you know, who really had intricate notes in his book and was, you know, was stalking the green and looking in that book and seemingly taking a long time. And people seem to think that, that that took too long. You know, so, like, there's a lot of different ways of, of looking at Rory was a guy who thought they should just get rid of him. You know, they're not allowed at Augusta. Exactly. 
you know, you, you, you can only have the pin sheet, you know? So, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, once 2022 gets started, you know, well, what does it really look like and, and what does it, what does it mean? Yeah. Well, speaking of Phil, he, uh, is competing at the Charles Schwab Cup Championship in Arizona. Um, Arizona kind of being Phil's second home, even though he grew up in San Diego, but as we all know, went to school, uh, to Arizona State. So, um, Gonna be gonna be interesting this week. Yep, it's nice that he's playing again, and I don't think he has any chance of winning the Charles Schwab thing. But he's, you know, you can still win the tournament, and he's had a, a really really good success out there. You know what? He's won three of the. I guess he's won three of the five that he's played, and. Um, How do you think you know, Phil's? I, you know, I mean, obviously, okay, you know. Quite a year for Phil, uh, the PGA Championship, all, all, all of it, right? Uh, but where do you think he's going into 2022? You know, still, I mean, you know, you think Phil just still wants to be out there competing with the guys on the on the main tour? I do. You know, he, he um, I think he feels like, obviously, there's not that much time left, but you're you're six months removed from winning a major championship. Why would you think it's gone right now? Now, of course, he didn't do much to back it up. And, and, and I think, you know, that's a little bit of a, of a concern is that, you know, the, the PGA was his only top ten. Right. You know, and, and I think he had only one other top 20. One of those weeks uh, and, when it all came together. Yeah, hard, hard to and, do but, again at this age. But again, you know, it, I think that could happen for him at Augusta, certainly, or, or at a, or at an Open, the British Open. That's you know point. where, you know where, you know he's the, the where field his is course, leveled a little bit, and right, experience and, pays. Absolutely, certainly at, at the Masters, there's less people to beat. And at the Open, you know, there's a good number of qualifiers and people like that. And, you know, he's kind of learned how to play that style. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the type of golf course where length isn't, isn't as big of a deal because, you know, the ball runs and uh, the, the courses don't play overly long. And yet, you know, at Kiowa, he was banging it out there with Brooks Kepka. So, um you know, I think he feels like he's still got a little something left. Well, uh, yeah, I and I think Phil probably thinks he's got a lot of something left. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, I can't believe it's the middle of November, Bob. Uh, we've got the Houston Open, which uh, first round in in progress uh, today. Um, you know, this has always been a good tournament, but sort of got pushed out of the Texas swing. Um, what are, what are your thoughts, and who should we be looking at for the weekend? Yeah, you know, it's um, – you're right. It did kind of get pushed out. That was unfortunate. I mean, it just kind of shows you how how hard it is these days. You lose a title sponsor, and you're, you're kind of on the outside looking in. Um, but, uh, but they then found another one, and, you know, the Astros are involved, and they went to a – 
a really nice um, public golf course uh, that, uh, you know, seems like a good home. It's just a tough, um, you know, like when we've talked about, it's a tough time of year. You know, I mean, they've been zigzagging all over the place, and now they're in Houston, and next week they're at, at uh, Sea Island, then it's done. Um, but uh, the, the ones that I like for, for a tournament like this are the ones who've really treated the fall as important. You know, not look, at JT had a good tournament last week, but it was only his second event of the fall. Right. You know, and he's not, you know, I, I, I'm sure he really, really wanted to win and do well. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't necessarily there grinding. Uh, you know, a guy like Cameron Tringali, I think this is this is the eighth event, and he's played six of the previous seven. Wow. And now uh, he's never won, but, you know, he's had some pretty good results. He's given himself an opportunity to, you know, have a nice base going into 2022. You know, I think he's 10th or 11th in FedEx points right now. Which is, you know, it's not. It'll be nice to go into into January, you know. Not, That's momentum. Not, not being 80th, right. you know, or 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 200th for any of the guys who didn't play, you know, like a guy like Bryson hasn't played. Yeah. Uh, in the fall, uh, John Rahm played once and missed a cut, you know, or twice. I think he just played once. So a guy like that's given himself a little bit of a boost. And he's, you know, kind of like in prime, um, you know, his game is in prime shape right now. To him, it's the, it's the middle of the year. Well, you got so, Sam Ryder in the field. Tony Finau is in the field. Matthew Wolf, um, Adam Scott. So, you know, uh, Patrick Reed. So you got, you know, you got some big time uh, tournament winners playing. Exactly, and uh, you know it'll be intense. I mean, but I, I just happen to like these guys who who've been who've been going at it, and their their games are sharp. We only got one more uh, official one until uh, 2022. Hard to believe, but we're gonna yep. keep on. We're gonna keep on trucking, and uh, we'll see who uh, who raises that trophy on Sunday at the Houston Open. As always, Bob, appreciate your time. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Thanks so much.